0: you Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Minerva's Rotating Rodent Radar Solution. Ghosts in the pantry? I think not! Mice driving you mad at midnight? Have a nighttime nuisance nibbling your nuts? Well, you can't hit what you can't see, and that's why you need Minerva's Rotating Rodent Radar Solution. Just load up Minerva's Rotating Rodent Radar Solution with flour. Wind the spring arm and let it spray a fine flowery mist across the floor. Then through the night, any scampering scamps will leave little light footprints and be easily trackable through your terrace. We suggest pairing with Minerva's Reclining Rodent Rectifier Solution for best results. Minerva's Rotating Rodent Radar Solution. Save your regrets for tomorrow. Miss Minerva? Hello. This where y'all have mercy? I'm but a humble traveler looking for mercy. Hmm. There's no one about. This house is so quiet. Hello. Maybe she's upstairs. Ah. Well, hello there. Now, how'd they leave you all alone up here? You must be Mercy. Pleased to make your acquaintance. Got anything fun or expensive in these drawers? just some unmentionables I guess you don't say much do you well let's just have a look at you a little pale and so quiet your mama must have told people to go away cause, cause there was no line in front of the house the door was unlocked did they go for ice cream you figure and leave poor Mercy all alone You like a little slug? Eh, I suppose not. Aren't you just a little butterfly, you? Look at these cute little toes. This little pity? What if I just snatched one of them off your little feet, took one of them home with me? Would that give me some relief? (laughs) Eh, I'm just fooling. Ooh, your mama did see to shave your legs, though. How thoughtful you see in company and all. So, how does this work? Folk come up here, tell them your woes, and then touch your hand. That's what I hear. And that's what they say. And then it all comes spilling out. Your mama sure is making a mint off of you, girl. What I wouldn't give to have a racket like that. Now, let's see this pretty hand of yours. My name is Cyrus. Pleased to meet you. is a tangle like a spark through your hand right into mine. I suspect you want to know why I didn't just vomit up my confessions like everyone else. I can see by your eyes as dim as they are you're a little confused. See what does an all-powerful shame-eater do with a man no shame. To my shame, was burned out by my daddy with a branding iron. I was not much older than you are now, and he caught me making ways with myself in the hayloft. And when he realized what I was gazing out yonder through that hole in the knot wall out onto the field, well, well he dragged me out to the stump, chained me to the spot, Got that iron good and red hot. He taught me all about shame. You can still see the scar. See here? See this jagged line? That's when he started to get creative. Whew, I was shouting up the store. See, little Mercy, I ain't never had a moment of shame ever since. I do what I do, as I do. Don't think another thing about it. That is a wonderful buzz you've given me with that touch of yours. And now I know it's not just hogwash what they say about you. And that. Well, that gives old Cyrus some ideas. I bet you're light on the pocket, too. Heck, you don't eat much. Uh Uh-oh. I think somebody might be home. We might be in trouble. You think they think I was flirting with you? Who are you? We said no visitors today. Get off of that bed. Get out of here. All right, all right. Now just calm down. You don't have to get fancy with that hatchet or nothing, Mother Miriam. I'm Cyrus, and I'm meaning you no harm at all. We'll be on our way. No harm done. Mercy and I was just having a little chat. You get before I split you in two. I suppose I'll be on my way then. Mercy and I was just finishing up anyhow. Lovely home you have here, Mother Minerva. Send my regards to your other daughters. Mercy Minerva, a fasting girl, had quickly been monikered the shame eater for her ability to pull the shame from people, her vine relief with her touch. The Minerva sisters, enterprising young girls that they were, started selling cider and homemade soaps to those standing in line waiting for a visit with Mercy Any guilt about exploiting their sister's abilities slowly washed away with the dreams of buying the neighboring plots of land and reestablishing the Minerva family crabapple orchards. You see, as they told themselves, Mercy Minerva, still silent and fasting after many months, had sacrificed herself to restore the family. Miriam, her mother, could not deny this gift after an unfortunate series of events, so she sought to manage it best she could for the sake of her daughters. After seeing mercy's effect on people, how could she deny that wellspring to restore people's belief in themselves? Miriam was selective, looking up and down the line of people, dismissing anyone who seemed off, and only accepted a select few with enough money. Occasionally, she would take pity on a particular downtrodden spirit and allow a visitor access to mercy without pain. Miriam would pace downstairs, hearing the guttural, uncontrollable yells as folks delivered their secrets. Most went up alone while family waited. Others wanted their loved ones present to witness. Each time, Miriam would be transported back to her own contact with Mercy. Late in the night, she'd not touched her daughter's hand since. They bought a used upright piano, which they named Penelope, and added it to the parlor, and Madeline would play to cover the sounds for the other guests. One afternoon, a man came with his camera to take pictures of Mercy. Madeline, with her storybook imagination, cut out drawings of ladies from a catalog and pasted on little delicate butterflies' wings. She had the man photograph them together with Mercy, as if they were playing with her upon the sill. The front page photographs caused a stir, and Madeline finally was able to show evidence of the fairies that Mercy said were there all along. With all the attention, it became almost too much for Miriam to manage. Not only were crowds growing, but she had to shoo people away from under the bedroom window who tried to eavesdrop and get dirt on any of the visitors they could get leverage over, jealous spouses or competitive business owners. Cyrus's visit was the first shock to Miriam. The fact that Mercy could be in danger, that someone could resent her gift, accuse her of lying or malice, or that she could even be taken away from her. Miriam sat with her long into the night, looking as her daughter slept. Miriam wondered, as she sadly looked at Mercy, if it was to love her, ought she let this be? Was this what she wanted? Was this something to cure or balm? Did loving her mean letting this run out, no matter how strange and perverse its course may be? And what if Millie or Madeline took to it as well? They were already showing signs of frustration at the constant doting and attention Mercy was receiving. Would there come a night Miriam would hasten this journey with a heavy down pillow from her own bed? The one she almost suffocated in herself during a restless night of sleep and dreams? of walking the deep sea with pockets full of heavy stones and a throat filled with salt water. Her daughter was drifting away, slipping out with every new hand that touched hers, and she cursed Ensid in her bath with a fancy soap in her whispers against the tile. One morning, before the business of mercy opened for the day, the girls swept and set up the parlor, arranged new bottles of cider for sale, and changed the sheet music on Penelope. But in their haste, they left the front door open. An older fellow, slightly bent from a crick in his lower back, a bow to his legs, and crumpled hat in his hands, wandered in, and before anyone could say anything, he spotted Millie sweeping the floors, The man rushed over, grabbed her hands as the broom fell, and he dropped to his knees. Staring into her startled face, he confessed his shame. I fear my father who has passed is ashamed of the man I am, and the one I never became. I was never able to give my wife a family she wanted, and though not cruel, I am neglectful of the gifts of my life. I forget the times I was dishonest, stole, or cheated at cards, and this darn toothache makes me ornery, and I cuss up a storm. I raise my hand in anger twice, and the moment I smash that wounded bird with a stone has never left me. I keep my worry from my wife, but it does bring me such guilt. I was never a good boy, and I am sorry, Mama. Millie froze, a confession hanging in the air between them. Madeline tried to inform the man. She's not... Whew. The man covered his wet eyes as dirt marked the sun-baked creases, and dust shook off his overalls as he stood. He picked up his hat. Madeline thought it best not to continue. Thank you. I feel so much better. He reached into his front pocket, set some money on the table, and wandered out into the day his wobbly step a little bit lighter than before. Madeline and Millie shared a glance. Miriam came in and shouted them to get to hustle and finish their chores. The girls opened the door to the line and they received their first guests without another mention of it. At the end of that day, as the crowd had gone home, the sun setting the girls sat with their mother on the front stoop sipping lemonade with mint leaves fresh peach pie cooling on the sill and a fine roast in the oven Miriam fancied the pattern of her new dress as she unstrung her apron Millie thought about the old man that had wandered in in the morning about how he'd mistaken her for mercy confessed his shame anyway and she had a thought A way that might keep money flowing, but bring mercy back to them. Mama, everyone's got shame, right? Well, why would they need to come here? Why can't we send a little bit of mercy to them? Like your perfumed soap. We could pull water from the pump and say mercy touched it. And just send it out for anyone who's got two bits. Then we could keep people away and leave poor mercy alone and everybody could have a bit of mercy water. Aren't you clever? Miriam ran her fingers through her daughter's dark hair and considered the serious look on her face. My Millie, you have a solution for everything. Nice ring to it. Millie's solutions... I like that. I duly swear you in as the first officer and president of the mercantile trade company known as Millie's Solutions, purveyor of crap apple cider, fairy tintypes, and the shame tonic known as Mercy's Water. Yeah. Millie's Solutions. That has a nice ring to it. trapped in the attic, ingested a parasite, looking for a Lenny Penny, come bask in the emerald green glow of a strange city lying alone. Join our Patreon for Selina Cleverman, and Minerva might just let you pick her next solution. Join our Patreon, and no one will ever ask you for anything ever again. again, and 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 again.